Right, so we are now moving to a really exciting part of the afternoon. Um, my name's Jenny Toos, and I'm Chief Executive of UK Business Angels Association, and we're the trade body for angel and early-stage investment, and we look after about 15,000 angels, as well as a wide number of other investors across the UK. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic to see you all here this afternoon. Um, this is such an exciting part of the day because we'll be hearing from seven great entrepreneurs all presenting their businesses for five minutes to you this afternoon. We've got some investors here who will be, who will be scoring and looking at the great pitches. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted to say that I have my two fellow judges. I have Oliver Chendesh from Pioneers and Karen Kerrigan from Cedars, um, who will be joining me in, in actually helping to really look and evaluate these pictures this afternoon. And Oliver is going to be presenting a great prize at, after you've heard from the keynote, the last keynote, um, for a fantastic tickets for the entrepreneurs to go to Pioneers. And Oliver, you'll say more about that, that later. So this is your time if you are looking to be an entrepreneur to have a look at this and see how to do it. This is the time for investors to be hopefully finding some really great opportunities and time for everyone to really see these amazing entrepreneurs that are coming through Oxford, all of them creating a fantastic impact here on the economies and other economies around the world. So I'm absolutely delighted to be here. I hope you're going to enjoy this next time. And I'm looking forward to seeing the first one, who I think is Empire. Is that right? Yeah. There we go. Thank you. At Empower Energy, we've got a very big vision. We're creating a rural distribution network across India by solving energy access. Now in my country, 240 million Indians still don't have access to reliable electricity. And when we were with Rukmini's family, she showed us how this toxic kerosene lantern was the only light source for a family of five. And to charge their mobile phone, they have to walk over 10 kilometers away to the nearest town. Living without electricity makes their lives unproductive and excludes them from the modern economy. Now, since Rukmini lives in a remote village, the grid won't reach them. And individual solutions like solar home systems are just too expensive because of the upfront costs. And villagers in these communities don't like to buy new solar lamps because cheap ones break too frequently and more expensive ones are just too costly to maintain. At Empower Energy, we work with local shopkeepers and we equip them with our solar ATMs to solve their community's most fundamental energy needs. This is a solar-powered charging station combined with LED lights designed specifically to replace kerosene and battery packs to charge mobile phones. And what this means is that villagers can simply rent out an LED lamp or a battery pack for the same price as a small packet of crisps. After using it at home, they return to the shop where they can swap it for a newly charged one. Our trusted brand and franchisees provide our customers with access to a reliable energy source without any upfront costs. And our lighting solution is cheaper than kerosene. It's brighter, safer, and cleaner. And this means that the results we have seen already are incredible. With less than 10,000 pounds, we are operating in seven villages. We have over 300 customers, 
and every single device has been returned. But what's more impressive is the impact. We have re replaced kerosene usage by 70%. Children are studying longer, and we've even doubled the income of some of the local entrepreneurs. And we have identified our next 40 franchisees. Our pilot has shown that each solar ATM we install is profitable, with gross margins of 74%. And this is critical, as it will allow us to scale our solution rapidly across India. And our steps to scale are simple. We find villages meeting our criteria. We then select and train franchisees. And finally, we support them to grow. And this is where it gets really interesting. We work with our shopkeepers to find additional needs in our communities that we can then serve. And as well as this, our mobile application provides remote support. And we are also collecting transactional data from our villagers. This allows us to build up customer profiles so we can understand their spending habits, but also to unearth and identify additional needs. You see, by solving lighting needs in these communities, we are able to quickly establish trust and a local presence across rural India. Our franchisees become our eyes and ears on the ground and identify additional needs that we can then serve through our distribution networks. Already, franchisees have asked, can we rent out fans? The possibilities are just endless. And we want to be in over 100,000 villages so we can truly transform rural India. And our team is going to make this a success. James, having worked at the UN for over six years, is in charge of data and impact. Alongside him, Gideon has worked the last four years scaling social enterprises, and he is heading up our operations. The two of them right now are in India, working on our operations and growing them every day. Additional successes have included us presenting at the United Nations in September, and we have already raised $150,000. But today, we are presenting you with the opportunity to join the Empower story so that we can truly transform the lives of millions. We are raising £500,000, which will allow us to scale and standardise our solutions. This will provide a larger proof of concept, which we will then use to raise an additional £2 million in 2020, before we also use debt financing to rapidly scale across India. By 2023, we want to be in over 120,000 villages. And in this place, we will be generating £25 million of net profit. And that's just from lighting and charging alone. And does it include the distribution of other life-saving technologies? So at Empower Energy, we're on a mission to truly transform the lives of millions across India. And we are connecting rural India to the modern economy. Thank you for listening, and please do join us. Hi, how much do you invest for your retirement? Do you know how many pension pots you've got? How much money you should be investing for a comfortable retirement? If you've got more doubts than answers for those questions, you are not alone. I consider myself more of a financial literate, yet I confess not to make the remotest sense of pensions. You know who said that? Andrew Haldane, the chief economist of the Bank of England, and one of those responsible for overseeing the British economy. The reality is, is that over the last 10 years, the government has introduced reforms after reforms that just made this confusion worse. 
Those especially are the auto-enrollment reforms that now mandate every company in the UK to provide its workforce with a pension scheme. One result? Massive market was created. It's expected to offer trillion pounds by 2025. But this market is dominated by traditional players, legacy systems, legacy technology. When you combine that with the fact you have two regulators, you have a product offering that is wholly unfit for 99% of the British companies, namely SMEs. One result, over half of all contributions are incorrectly made. Furthermore, fines are tripling every year and inefficiencies are just piling up. Another consequence, if you just ask point blank an SME manager, what's your biggest obstacle for success? Workplace pension schemes cited more often than having access to financing and just slightly less often so than Brexit. And the reason for that is simple, is that in SMEs, each process has a life of its own and doesn't really communicate with, you, with the other one. When you add a pension process and cycle to this, it's just incredibly maddening. That's where a solution is different, because we integrate with the payroll systems already used by the SMEs, collect the common data from the systems, and then, by partnering with a global provider of retirement savings investments, we provide and transform this data into a world-class pension investment. And our straightforward and elegant app manage employees' communications. But is it difficult to sign up for such a great offering? Well, I'm glad to say that it is not. Instead of those lengthy AML, KYC, KYB procedures, that take you hours just to understand what you have to do and another hour to you to do something, all the checks are done automatically in the background, efficiently. And because of our integrations, you don't need to do anything to run on a month-to-month -month basis. It just runs on autopilot. And by the way, the time that took me to explain to you how it all works will be the time an SME have taken to set up their pension scheme and more than that, customize it. How about the employees? Well, our offering for the employees is comprehensive. We not only show how much money is invested through Collegia, but how much is invested across all your pension pots. But we are also versatile. Our model allows us to guarantee there's a team of leading investment professionals changing and adjusting asset allocations as each person nears retirement. And we are also informative. We help people understand how much money they can reasonably expect to have upon retirement and what the options will be. Well, how do we stock up against competition? We are the cheapest for the employer, the cheapest for the employee, only the second company with a fully functional app in the market. But more than that, we're the only ones in the link structure where we specialize in a couple of tasks and partner with world leaders by providing excellence through specialization. We already have two leading providers in financial services partnering with us and four accounting firms in Oxfordshire referring us for their clients. And now we are raising £300,000 to build a company that over the next years will be worth £300 million. Even if we just have 3% of market share of companies employing 1 to 99 employees in the UK. Such is the staggering size of this opportunity. Leadership team-wise, our team of advisors combine excellency in strategy, innovation and over three decades in the pensions industry. Our CEO has managed the complex supply chains of McKay and P&G across Europe. And I'm a former banker and trader, turned entrepreneur. I already have a successful exit with a top five app in Brazil. And combined, we together have experienced managing startups across three continents. We are Collegia, and we are the future of your pension. Thank you.
Hey everybody, I'm Alex, and my company in Peru, Kaipacha Foods, sells plant milks made with ethically sourced quinoa and tarwi. So the meat and dairy industry are doing tremendous damage to our planet. Uh, they consume massive amounts of land and water, but they produce a small proportion of the calories and protein that we eat. They're also destroying some of the world's most biodiverse ecosystems. Alternatives to this are going to be more important to feed a growing world population. Fortunately, businesses are starting to care. Companies like Starbucks and General Mills are beginning to talk about the importance of biodiversity for a more climate-resilient food system. Plant milks are part of the solution, but current options leave certain gaps in addressing all of consumers' needs. Uh, traditional leaders like cow's milk and soy milk have been falling behind and losing market share, in part because consumers are no longer convinced about their health benefits, and also due to ethical and environmental concerns. Uh, coconut and almond milk have been growing, but these beverages are low in protein and high in artificial thickeners. They have about one gram of protein per serving, and protein remains an important priority for many consumers. My product, Milk with a Q for Quinoa, addresses this gap arguably better than any of the current leaders of the market. We have six grams of protein per serving. We have a totally clean label with only natural beneficial ingredients. Uh, and we have great flavor and texture, which means that this beverage is perfect for coffee, smoothies, or just about any meal. So before coming to Oxford, I lived in Peru for about six and a half years, and I worked with smallholder farmers and artisans to bring their products to international markets uh, at prices that benefit them and their communities. I also became completely fascinated and inspired by the potential of Peruvian foods as some of the healthiest and most environmentally friendly foods in the world. Uh, so last year, uh, this product sold well in mid-sized organic retailers in Lima, Peru. Uh, we experienced strong rotation, we're building a solid customer base, but the market for this kind of product in Peru is fairly small, so we need to look to international opportunities. So most people are familiar with quinoa's health benefits, however, you may not be aware that quinoa also has basically superpowers as a plant. It can grow from sea level to about 4,500 meters in extreme conditions where almost nothing else can grow. It also consumes a tiny amount of water compared to nuts or other cereals. Uh, and it's one of the, the rare sources of complete proteins from a plant. Uh, tarwi is underappreciated, but we believe that it should be the next great superfood in the world because it's extremely healthy. It has about 50% protein compared to 35% for soy. It also has a rich balance of omegas that improve heart and brain health. And because it's a lupin rather than a bean, uh, it's higher in protein and much lower in carbs. So our ingredients have an ecosystem theme. Um, smallholder farmers in the southern Andes, rather than planting the same crop in the same plot of land year after year and relying on agrochemicals that gradually destroy the quality of the soil over time, uh, they practice a, an organic regenerative uh, crop rotation cycle. So quinoa and tarwi are an integral part of the cycle, and tarwi plays an important role because it puts nitrogen back in the soil and it prevents the spread of diseases that affect other crops. By buying these ingredients from farmers at fair prices, we encourage them to keep practicing this. So in order to bring this product to Europe, we need a lot of research. We need to develop recipes, refine our brand and marketing uh, for European consumers. We also need to manufacture on a much larger scale. Uh, I'm currently working to set up a team based in the UK to launch this product for the European market. I'm working with my colleague from the MBA, Christian, who has a background in Danone and specifically working with silk almond milk product launches in the United States. I'm also continuing to manage the team in Peru 
And we believe that we'll have a competitive advantage because by having a, com a company based in both places, we'll know the supply chain better than anyone else. Uh, so the market opportunity for plant milks is, is fairly big. The market for dairy-free is expected to surpass 26 billion in the coming years. And you, the UK and Germany are the best markets in Europe. Uh, even with a small market share, we can generate very, small, uh, very strong cash flows in the early years. Uh, so the goal of our first seed round is to get this product entirely ready for uh, a scalable launch in major retailers. We, would, we aim to launch this product in major retailers by 2020. And thank you very much for listening. My company has a vision that our food should come from healthy ecosystems. Uh, and we believe that this product is a small step towards that. Thank you very much. Hi everyone, thank you for listening today. I just want to see a show of hands, how many of you bought a ticket today on the basis that you've come to listen to an ex-NASA scientist talk about washing socks and knickers? Okay, two. That's better than I usually get. Um, so at Oxwash, we're trying to re-engineer an industry that hasn't changed for over 100 years. I first started the company with a spray-painted delivery backpack on my back, cycling around town collecting student laundry. That progressed very quickly to the stage where I was being stopped on the street by Airbnb owners, restaurants, cafes, bars, all saying, hey, what are you doing? Please take my aprons, my napkins, whatever it was, and wash it. And actually, that got me thinking that this industry hasn't really been addressed. That SME market in the middle you see here is something that we really focus on bringing a completely new service to. As a consumer, you're quite well served. There's white-label goods in your kitchen where you can wash your and dry your clothes. You can go to a laundrette, use apps such as Laundrap. If you're a large enterprise, like a hotel or potentially a whole hospital ward, you'll often have large centralised service providers that will come in articulated lorries and collect your items. The problem is that if you're in the middle, which is actually the largest and fastest growing segment at 20% year-on-year of this £1.5 billion market, is that you have no real service. You're too small for the big players, and you're too big for the small players. So that's where we focus our entire effort. So how do you bring a hyper-local, reliable, and very environmentally efficient process to market? That really comes down to decentralizing and building a modular service. So in the same way that we now see people farming in shipping containers, we've developed a completely off-grid with our partners Tesla and Jirbao, among others, a processing requirement where we can actually drop these containers in brownfield sites, um, car parks, process, and then you'll have seen outside as you walked in, use electric bikes that are completely zero emission to take this service to our customers. So the entire offering is completely zero emission and much more reliable and cheaper for our customers. We've had a great year since our first order a year ago, which was actually um, up in the top left there at Wadham College. We've had employees join the team. We did a Y Combinator summer school where we learned a lot about how to rapidly scale this service offering. We've won industry awards, which was fantastic for a very early stage startup, also proving that this market is ripe for innovation. We've moved into a new operating unit, and we're currently just formalizing, and you'll hear very soon on April 10th, 
a partnership with Deliveroo that will scale our service across the UK and abroad very rapidly. We're closing currently a half million pound pre-seed round, which will enable us to bring this tech to market. We've done all the engineering, it's now time to take our cookie cutter and start cutting cookies. <laughs> There's the pun, I knew it would come. Uh, so you can see in the bottom, uh, bottom right there, the first unit will actually be outside the Westgate Center uh, on June 4th of this year. The expansion strategy also leverages this partnership with delivery that I mentioned in that they currently utilize what are called dark kitchens. These are sites that customers do not see, where we do the washing, delivery do cooking, and we have a completely innovative employee share program that we're working on, where currently employee riders do not have enough of a kind of work demand to get full-time pay. By leveraging our service against theirs that have completely complementary demand curves, they can get a full day's work and then hopefully integrate with pension schemes and things like that that allow them to get proper employee rights. We'll then scale across the addition sites that currently are operating in the southeast and southwest and then move into the addition sites above that. Our partnerships actually go further with Deliveroo and also other companies in that we've identified the two key market segments are independent restaurants and Airbnbs and the short-let market. So it's very obvious that we want to address those customers through established networks such as Deliveroo, and we're actually going to become the primary partner of their independent restaurants for workwear linen, table linen, and the repeat laundering of those items. Coincidentally, for the Airbnb market, we're working with the largest two UK Airbnb management companies to scale within their listing of over half a million properties in the southeast of England alone. And with that, I'd love to uh, pass over to the next team. Thank you very much. Hello. What's wrong with this picture? This is a map of where people live. It's pretty obvious, mostly, where they live um, across the United States, Europe, and India, and the rest of Asia. Um, but there is something wrong, and that's that South, um, Southern Africa and East Asia, where it looks like absolutely no one lives, is actually home to a seventh of humanity. Combined total of one billion people, it looks like no one lives there. At Fedel, our mission is a prosperous world powered sustainably. And what that means is nothing less than bringing the lights on in those areas that should not be dark. So there's a billion people in the world without electricity. Why hasn't that been served as a market? Let's take a look. Right now, an investor can put a cash flow into a power project. Now, the kinds of projects we're looking at are renewable. They're difficult to identify, and they're quite small. What normally happens is you have a customer like a utility and there's a cash flow of them purchasing electricity from the power project and dividends going to the investor. 
In a lot of these markets, however, the utilities have a tendency to interrupt those payments, which means your investor is unhappy as well. So this explains why of the $1.8 trillion invested in energy in 2017, emerging markets got a tiny share, in Africa in particular, only 1%. So we've, it's a huge but broken market. FETL's solution is essentially to form an alternative investment vehicle that bundles together projects in different countries facing different geopolitical risks, providing a ticket size that's actually interesting to investors, providing a single return to them. See what that looks like. So here are the uh, power projects. Here's an investor that doesn't want to invest in them uh, individually. In the first bundle, the first fund, FETL will use the equity from investors to bundle them together and form uh, an equity-driven fund. But what our innovation is actually the second fund. Once we've shown that we can put these projects in the ground and run them, we want to start a fund where we replace a lot of that equity participation with a green bond and then scale, and then scale. So why us? We offer a holistic approach. To make an energy project work, you need policy and connections, project structuring, the project finance, the investors, and the climate finance all to align. So me, my name's Eric. I have four years of on-the-ground uh, origination experience in Africa. I was an investment banker, and I was a government policy advisor on climate change and climate change treaties. So my expertise lies in this area. Aparna is our solutions guru, the author of an impact bond that's going to market. Um, lived in Nairobi five years, where our first project is, um, and worked in alternative energy. And William were, has worked with and for the kind of investors that we're going to be going for, interested in making impact, interested in real, sustainably, financially sustainable solutions. And that's all of us Oxford MBAs. So this experience allows us to do really strong deal origination, completely crucial. We know where to look, we know what we're looking for, these things here, but a lot more. And this has actually led to us actually finding real tangible products in all of these countries, in Asia and Africa. And what we're really excited about is Project One was secured. We have the exclusive rights to finance this 30 megawatt wind project 25 miles outside of Nairobi. We're really excited about it. We'll be getting started pretty soon. So we found the projects. We also have the connections and the expertise on the execution side. So not enough to find them. You need to make them happen. So we build those local partnerships on the ground. We know um, and have strong relations with the construction companies and the debt financing to get it done. And so that's that first bundle that I was talking about, equity financed. And then we want to build again and again, this time using the green bond. So that over 10 years, we facilitate a billion pounds of investment into these countries and provided a conservative estimate, electricity to 10 million households. And so your opportunity is that 900,000 pounds essentially gives us an 18-month runway, but buys you the bankable projects, right? That's where the value is created. We find the projects, takes a lot of money to make them ready and shovel ready to go. And we'll expand our team in order to do that. So that's us. We're FETL. We are about a financially sound and sustainable way to turn the lights on for everyone. Thank you.
Thank you. Oh, good. Hello, I'm Laura, and this is Debbie, your confidant, coach, and friend for all things parenting. So I'm an early years teacher, and every year I have the same problem in my class. Students arrive at my door with a huge range of behavioral, social, emotional, and cognitive skills. Some children are ready to hit the ground running, while other kids really struggle. And this is true across all socioeconomic demographics, but in particular, it's a challenge for low-income children, where on average, children in the United Kingdom for a low-income family arrive at school 11 months behind in terms of skills. So at the end of the last school year, I left the classroom to pursue my MBA at Oxford and address this big sticky problem and figure out how to provide a strong start to school and to life for everyone. Where I met these amazing people who have design thinking expertise, machine learning knowledge, uh, behavioral science knowledge and experience in ed tech. And we put our heads together to figure out why is it that not all children are arriving at school ready to succeed. And it turns out parenting is really hard. And you know, this is really unfortunate because the number one factor influencing child, a child's school readiness is in fact parenting. Yet parents are deluged with advice. Some of it's not very good. It's not always contextualized the right way, and people end up feeling incredibly isolated and incredibly judged. Furthermore, parenting uh, supports that exist out there don't address the two factors that contribute to the school readiness gap the most. They don't address parent well-being, and they don't help parents change their behavior to be the parents they want to be. So that's why we created Debbie, a knowledgeable, empathetic, virtual parenting coach in every parent's pocket. And Debbie helps change parent well-being and parenting behaviors through daily holistic check-ins, empathetic support on the most common and most challenging parenting problems, and connections to community resources to build social capital. Now, let's take, for example, Jane. Jane is a persona we created out of the 43 parents we've interviewed with and prototyped with in Oxfordshire. And she is stressed out. She's got a lot going on in her life. She knows what she wants to do with her two-year-old son, Jason. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't happen all the time because her life is busy and challenging. And she feels incredibly judged by the other parents and people around her. Imagine her connecting with Debbie and messaging over WhatsApp with Debbie like she would a supportive friend. Debbie would provide daily holistic check-ins to make sure she's having her own well-being needs met because she's a whole human, not just a parent. And she'd also be able to work with Debbie, who would bring together early childhood development expertise and behavioral science knowledge and nudges to help Jane solve a parenting problem important to her, like the huge tantrums that Jason throws in public places. And after that problem is solved and Jane is successful implementing this strategy, she is hooked. And she's willing to go to Debbie with other challenges and also accept changes in routines and behaviors on her part that would help Jason be ready for school. We also think that Jane would be more open to community resources that Debbie would recommend that would help her build her social capital. Now, we know there's a big market for this because, again, parenting is challenging for everybody. There are already 14 million unique users on Mumsnet looking for advice but not getting a relationship-based set of advice. 
and 18 and a half million copies of the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, have been sold. But books aren't customized to you. So we think Devi can improve upon these offerings. And there are 10 and a half million families in the UK with at least one child under the age of four. So it's a big market here, but we can also look elsewhere. And the way we're thinking about our business model is that we can charge families that can pay, but also provide this to those that can't. So if we are able to connect with the 6.3 million families that already have a health and lifestyle app on their phones and use the same sort of approach that Facebook uses for fundraisers and get 20% of those people like they do on Facebook to make a donation slash pay for Debbie, we'd be able to bring in as much as 35 million pounds of revenue per year if we captured this market. So we have a plan to get there, but clearly we're earlier stage than the other competitors. So what we really want from you today is your advice and your mentorship. And that doesn't just go for the investors. I already had a fantastic classmate conversation today that's going to really help. And so I encourage all of you to reach out to all of us and provide the support that you can because we're going to make this happen and we're going to create a world where every parent has the support and knowledge they need to ensure every child's ready to succeed in school. Thanks for being a part of that with us. Thank you very much. So I'm a doctor, and in the last 20 years of practice, the type of diseases that I'm seeing, the things that patients are suffering, have changed drastically. What's happening now is that humans are living with chronic disorders, for which there are no good treatments. Depression, the growing burden of Alzheimer's disease. And the drug industry is struggling. They're spending at least... 160 billion per year. But would you believe that over 100 billion of that is lost, wasted? Because it turns out that the drug that they're developing is neither safe nor effective. So imagine instead a world in which we developed drugs that were tailored for the individual. Precision, personalized medicine. And we can now do that. And we can do that by obtaining stem cells from patients with a particular condition and then making a disease in a dish and identifying drugs that improve that individual's disease to finally provide drugs that are effective for that individual and that are safe. But there's a problem. And the problem is that making those stem cells, which is the start of the process, is really slow and it's very costly. Hue Cell Technology has come up with a fantastically innovative technology that allows us to make stem cells at scale faster and cheaper than ever before. To really bring that home, I'll tell you about the Stem Bank project that I led, a 54 million euro program 
over five years that involved 10 big pharma. We put stem cell expertise into pharma. And it cost that much to make 500 lines. With the innovative Hue cell technology, we can now price that at 1.5 million euros, one person doing it in six months. Extraordinary. And it's extraordinary because we have an extraordinary team. We do stem cells drug discovery. I led the Stem Bank Consortium. I'm now leading a new consortium to make different type of stem cell disease models. My co-inventor, Galba Duggle, has a wealth of experience in stem cells. She's going to be the chief scientific officer. Satyan Chintawa, the chief operating officer, set up the stem cell facility in my lab. And Mohammed Siddiq will be the chief financial officer. He's currently the digital healthcare investment lead at the SoftBank Vision Fund. We are ready to go. Our technology is ready. There's no further development required. And our target market is academia, big pharma, and biotech. And there's already lots of interest. At cost, academic pricing is £8,000 per line. We can start an offering of £3,000 per line. That's for one line and retaining an 80% margin. If we then multiply that up, to a given institution, and we've already got interest from a big farmer, we estimate to be generating one to two million per institution. And conservatively, we think we can make at least 10 million per year in our first year of operation. We're looking for a seed investment to get the show on the road, with the rest of the capital coming from letters of intent that will be turned into contracts. That will allow us to establish our lab facilities, as well as uh, further R&D to bring the cost down. And I'll tell you why we want to bring the cost down. Because we're not going to be a service model. That service is just for the first year or two. What we're wanting to do is to get into the 200 billion per year drug discovery market. And we're going to do that by driving the cost of producing these themselves further. And the trajectory that we're going to follow is the one that you'll be familiar with with genomics. Genomics, a few, uh, 10 years ago, cost several thousand pounds to perform a single genome. It's now just a couple of hundred. Currently, to make a stem cell, it's 8,000. We can offer 3,000, and within a year, we'll bring that cost down to 1,000. And then beyond that, to 300, 400 pounds per line. That will allow us to generate large panels of stem cell lines from patients with conditions to really understand how these individuals develop disease and how they'll respond to a particular drug. We're going to lead a Salomics revolution. It's going to be one hell of a ride. Don't miss out. Thank you very much. Well, good afternoon. My name is Oliver. I'm here from Pioneers, and I would like to tell you who won today's startup pitches. And just very briefly before I do, um, is there a slide that we want to show? Um, first of all, I had the opportunity to study here at the university. I did my executive MBA here. It was just two years ago. But if I'm embarrassed, frankly, because if I see how brilliant the students today are, I think you're way better than we were two years ago. It's incredible. I'm really embarrassed. I mean, I saw your pitches today, and wow. I mean, it was really terrific. So what I wanted 
tell you is that we have built a network in Europe that, that's called Pioneers that's here to help promote tech entrepreneurs in order to become more successful. So we give you the network you need to succeed. And this is the stage that we want to put you on. So we have built a totally new tech conference format where we said the tech entrepreneurs who are architects of future technologies, who are architects of our future, should get the stage and should be here as the superstars. This is the 500-year-old Imperial Palace of Vienna, where we gather 2,500 entrepreneurs, investors, corporate executives, public sector decision makers, to show them what tomorrow's technologies will bring us, how they will make our lives better. And this year's theme is going to be Walk the Talks, where we will go beyond all the hype and we will actually discuss how technology can empower us to live healthier, better, and longer lives. And I was really impressed by today's pitches. And true to the goals of Oxford, the, the mission that this fantastic university has, you have, your guys are working on things that are really impactful and that will bring better lives to our, to our future generations. I'm really, really happy to, have your in, to get your interest, and I would like to ask all of you, even, yeah, obviously there's just only one winner, and the winner will get two tickets to come and join and pitch at this stage. Uh, but all the others, we would love to have you there. There's application. The applications are open until the 15th of March. Um, you have to go through a selection process. We rate all the startups who apply. There's more than 3,000, and 500 will get selected and get accepted to come to this event. So I would like to um, yeah, ask you to, to do apply, and without further ado, I would like to announce the winner who we will be happy to have in Vienna, and that's going to be Hugh Sell. Congratulations to your fantastic trip. Please come on the stage. Great. To conclude, it is my pleasure to say many thank yous. Many thank yous to Oliver from Pioneer, to Jenny Tooth from the UK Business Angel Association. Many thanks to our fantastic guest speakers. Many thanks to our fantastic audience. Many thanks to our Dean Peter Tufano, who has made and believes in this event. Let's have a... And frankly, my biggest thanks goes to my team, who's done an absolutely outstanding job. And I do want to mention them by name. Anne-Marie, Karishma, Kay, Kyle, Libby, 
Maria N, Maria Z, Miranda, Natalie and Serena, you've done a fabulous job. Thank you so much. Very simple, best Osef ever. Please come and join us in the reception area for drinks. It's been a real pleasure. Stay in touch.